0: yo what is up you have found we like the blazers i am brandon goldner and here of course it is ryan whitledge ryan what's up dude not much i'm uh i'm
1: surviving ish i guess i don't know i feel like shit i'm i'm on i'm on post second dose recovery time right now how how long did this last for you because you you've already gone through this right
0: Yeah, no, uh, it lasted a couple days. The first day for me was like a combination of my head was like super swimmy and I had a headache and it felt like I had a hangover. My stomach hurt. I I had like a bunch of video calls and I just had the video off for those calls. I was just audio only. That helped a lot. And then the second day kind of felt like a hangover. Then the third day I felt okay, but my arm was sore for like a week. So I will say that. So have fun with that.
1: (laughs) That doesn't bode well for me as being in the construction trade. So, uh, yeah, no, I uh, I woke up this morning and I was like, oh my God, I feel like I drank two bottles of tequila last night. Yeah, I did. I did not drink two bottles of tequila last night. So that I mean, you I, only I guess one. I, I mean, I guess Moderation. I should not I guess I should have. So I could have taken advantage of it and just been like, Hey, I know it's coming, but yeah, no, other than that, (laughs) it just feels like my entire, like, I feel like I'm carrying like 3000 pounds of cement in my bloodstream. My entire body just feels heavy. My head is a little swimmy. Flip side, I've heard worse stories from people that have been like, oh, yeah, no, I got super chill or like cold sweats, fever, chills, yeah. nausea. So there if been- all I, I have to do is feel like a 500 pound individual with a hangover, I
0: guess I'm winning. Yeah, and I would say, like, what you're describing, like, that feeling of heaviness and kind of just blah, like, is it that you got your second dose of the vaccine, or is it just that you're like every other Blazers fan right now after that Suns game, which I'm sure we're going to get into, Uh, but I will say today it is pretty warm out, my AC is not working, my landlord is on it, I am drinking... This, how do I, there we go. It is a uh, truly uh, hard seltzer. So truly, if you want to sponsor We Like the Blazers, you can find us at we like weliketheblazersgmail.com. Uh, <laughs> it's quite refreshing on a summer spring. It feels like summer. Uh, well, so that, I, uh, I just finished a uh, Trailblazers-themed
1: Budweiser. Nice. Because I uh, my, my thought process was, if I feel like I have a hangover, normally a hair of the dog works for me. So maybe it didn't.
0: So I mean, if I... if it, it's the vaccine? I, I, they're just injecting us with like alcohol. Like, and <laughs>
1: that's why we're though, do you have,
0: hungover the next day. You,
1: uh, then that's taking away the fun of the drinking because part that's of the true. fun of the drinking is just getting the drunk. Part. But 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 now I will say if you wanna if you wanna shill some products, this uh, Safeway Signature Select little drink, oh, they have man. these on sale for like sixty eight cents for a liter. Oh, that's and almost it's just, nice it's flavored sparkling water i swear to god my soda consumption in my life yes it oh i just got that so again much. again i'm fuzzy That's but funny. uh no like my i am i'm am a massive consumer of soda and the unhealthy kind i drink diet pepsi so like as soon as the wife and i found these we'll go to the store and pick up like 20 of them for like 16 bucks last us like 2 weeks freaking great
0: it's huge. But. I would also, if you're in the market for something like that, I would recommend at some point if you want to get a SodaStream, because the good news about that is you're not lugging the stuff from the car. Like we live up like on a hill thing and depending on we have to do on-street parking depending how much parking there is you have to go one way or the other that's even steeper and we were lugging up so much bottled water and so we got a soda stream a while ago and it's been it's been working out great uh no i'm a i'm i'm a i'm a first floor
1: guy with his parking space 20 feet away from his door so uh that makes it it easier suck it goldner
0: damn it they need a soda stream but for like hard seltzer that would be you probably could do that you probably could Uh, honestly no there's a
1: there's a hops thing where you can do customized uh, okay. seltzers, ciders, beers, hop, you know, just add the hops in. but
0: the, the other anecdote I wanted to hit really quick and then we'll get into your into the notes is it's such a nice day out. I hadn't played basketball in a while, right? And so got the basketball, pumped it up, and I had in mind there's this park that's down on Corbett. Uh, About two miles from here. I'm like, I'm going to do what I did when I was a kid and like go on a run and dribble the basketball while I'm running and then go shoot hoops at this park. And I got there and the gate was closed and locked. And I was pretty disappointed. But I will say that like. They didn't get Kate Brown's memo yet? Apparently not. (laughs) Apparently, Kate Brown said open up the basketball courts and they haven't done it yet. And I'm pissed about it. Uh, I will say that like, because I go on runs pretty regularly, that like the extra, both the brain power, of like it it was it reminded me of like the the what you take for granted the coordination of playing basketball and if you haven't done it in a while you have to think about it more like the cracks in the sidewalk and like when the hills would kind of go up or down you had to look for traffic you had to look for people and you're running and you're dribbling and like my heart rate was like 10 or 15 percent higher than it usually was and I was not even running as fast so all of this is just to say I feel like I'm ready to play basketball I just need to get A good sense of where there's some outdoor hoops near me and i just i don't know i don't think there are any so that's kind of a bummer but oh well
1: i have not touched a basketball in about 16 years if i'm being honest we gotta change that, man. We no, gotta change no. that. I, I I was of limited skill set. I was literally a three and D guy with no left. I cannot if you if you wanna I you're see, gonna say
0: three and D with no three or D. <laughs> no,
1: no. No, I, can, I I I'm good for six hard fouls. I, I can lock somebody down on defense. I'm I'm a decent three point shooter, but I, if you want to see a baby giraffe walk for the first time, hand me a basketball and tell me to dribble with my left hand. It will go horribly, uh, you know. And and I say that I am a good three-point shooter as uh, somebody who has actually taken the Toyota half-court shot. And um, depending on whose opinion you
0: ask, I either came really close or I was not close at all. But uh, <laughs> that's that's stressful. I would, uh, I fancy myself to be actually a decent half court shooter. I used to sneak into Gill Coliseum on Oregon state's campus and just heave them up for like hours at a time. But that would well stress me out. Well,
1: well, the weird, the, the weird, the weird thing with, uh, with the blazers half court shot is there are so many rules that people don't understand. Like one of the, one of the biggest things is, and this is apparently actually from their insurance company. If I'm, if I'm understanding it, because this is all insured for the payout and whatnot, the blazers themselves, themselves are not actually buying the car it's part with the sponsor part with the insurance all that if you even have a the tip of your fingertip on video review cross the half court line it is invalid because it is considered taking the shot after the half court
0: that's literally so, not how basketball
1: so, works though <laughs> exactly it is it is not like a three-point shot where your feet are on the line and that's where they judge it you have to launch
0: from about five to six feet back but to get if, that momentum if in, somebody did that and they made it there is no way they're not giving it to that person the blazers over the last eight years have had three
1: people that have hit their half court shot. Only one of them has qualified to win the car because there is also an NDA that you have to sign before you even take the shot that says that if you, if you win and we disqualify you, you are not allowed to talk about it. Wow. That's, I, man, that, that is pretty shit. That's like, I will
0: say this though. Most of that comes from Toyota and not the trailblazers organization. Yeah, no, they don't want to give away a car. I just, it reminds me of like the basketball shoot at like a county fair and you walk around, you notice the hoop. It's, it's not a circle. It's It's, it's it's like an oval oval. sandwich. Yeah. Um, Well, okay. Let's, let's talk about the blazers though. That's what we want to talk about. Speaking of getting, Oh, I was going to do a pivot and I totally lost it. Why don't we talk about how the Blazers have a history of finishing strong to um, to end the regular season? As I fumble through the notes that you wrote, and now I'm pretending <laughs> like they're my notes. Um, yeah, you said talk- I get a I am the captain now. (laughs) You are. You really are. But okay, let me just say, without looking at your notes really quick, all I remember is the Blazers kicking ass in the bubble, and now all I really remember is the Blazers, even though they lost yesterday, they're kicking ass right now, so at least the sample size of them doing well to end the regular season is two years strong, but... I think you went a little bit deeper than that, didn't you? I went deeper than this and I am not afraid to steal the content of other
1: creators. And so I will give credit where credit is due. This came completely from, uh, one Mr. Mike Richmond of lockdown blazers. Cause he talked, he talked about this. He is a firm believer in that there is no such thing as momentum. Um, you know, I, I don't, think that there is such a thing as momentum either, but I do believe in his theory of that you're developing good habits, you're developing team chemistry, you're developing play styles that are working for you. And so he wanted to take a deep dive into uh, how the Blazers finished the season versus how they have performed in the playoffs then. Uh, I intentionally left off last year because it's fresh in our minds, we all know. Uh, the Blazers absolutely burned themselves out to get into the playoffs in the bubble with the play-in tournament. That was just a crapshoot. So I, I left that off. But going back to 2016, if you want to look at it, Blazers finished 9-2, and two, ended up the fifth seed. Uh, they actually won, uh, won that series against the Clippers. Uh, I believe that was the uh, Blake Griffin injury and... Uh, uh, Chris Paul breaking hand on whose ass was that? Was that a, a Mo Harkless ass or an Al Faruk-Amino ass? Either way, he punched somebody in the ass and like broke his hand. So he was out.
0: I remember the hand being broken. I don't remember the ass part of it. So I'm glad oh, that you got that bit of historical context. In no, there. I remember he broke his hand on somebody's ass. That's basically what it
1: boiled down to. But they beat the Clippers in the first round and then they lost via the gentleman sweep to the Clippers or not the Clippers, uh, the Warriors. Uh, Warriors went on to face Cavaliers in the finals. That was the famous 3-1 clip for them 2017 they finished 17 and 6 uh dame and cj sat the last two games that year ended up in the a seed they got swept in the first round by the warriors uh, which at that point in time that was right after they added kd so arguably the best team in modern history uh, 2018 they had a 13 game win streak after the all-star break i think we all remember that we all thought it was fantastic. And then they ended up finishing the season 6-7, and seven, uh, complete with a four-game losing streak in there on the road. So I think that was when we all thought that the sky was falling. Still finished third, and they got the matchup that everybody wanted, that everybody said was the best matchup humanly possible, New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, Brandon, do you
0: remember how that series went? Yeah, Dane being trapped a thousand times and the Blazers having no answer for it at all. And this exactly. was this was before... I mean, Nurkic was there and playing, right? But he. Not in the 2016 one. Everything after that, Nurkic was there. Oh, okay. Then. That so... 2017 playoffs, that was a year with the midseason trade for Nurk. Okay. So every, everything else did have Nurk. He was healthy in 2018. Uh, I, what I was going to say was I don't believe that he had really become the facilitator. I mean, he had been showing some. Um, ability to pass and had some big games obviously when he first got to Portland but I don't think that Nurkic was like as much of a permanent fixture in the Blazers offense as he is now and I would argue for people who are like what happens when Dame gets trapped I think that they have a solution there if Nurkic is especially if he's coming up to like set the screen they're trying to trap you could dump it to Nurk and he has the vision to do something with it and to get Dame open again so I just all this is to say you're right we wanted to see the Pelicans. Got the Pelicans. Blazers got their asses handed to them. But a lot of that was just really taking Dame out. And my hope is that if that were happened again, they would have more of an answer for it. Um, and well, actually, Norm Powell too is another big answer to that.
1: Well, good news when we reach the uh, talking about the Suns game, we'll be able to talk about how Dame deals with traps because uh, he saw a shit ton Woo-wee. of them last night. But oh, I want to talk uh,
0: about that. That was that was, then, fun. Uh, that was fun two, to
1: see. 2019. Just to wrap this up, then they finished 14 and three, third seed again. One four and one against OKC, the team that absolutely nobody in Portland wanted them to see. That was the Dame walk off wave bye bye shot, uh, and then they won four to three against the Denver Nuggets. Everybody remembers CJ McCollum's and that four overtime game seven where Rodney Hood came off the bench after sitting for basically what was that forty seven minutes of real lifetime and uh, helped right. them win the series. And then they made it to the conference finals and got swept by the Warriors because they were absolutely gassed. So. All of this is to say is that this is a mixed bag of a correlation of, like, how well you're playing to end the season versus what your postseason results are. And also a mixed bag about, like, if you want to match-up hunt, you know, us as our keyboard coaches, as as I call it, you know, oh, we need this, we need this. And, like... Uh, As as my pivot point to to getting into talking about the Suns game and what possibly went wrong and whatever, you know, as that game is going on and everybody's thinking and and the Blazers make their comeback and we're like, holy shit, this is happening. You know, insert insert gif of Michael Scott going, this is happening, this is happening, and everybody running (laughs) out the door. 100%. Um, (laughs) um, You know. Everybody's like, okay, great. You know, we win this game. We secure our spot out of the play-in tournament. And uh, and then, you know, we can rest against the Denver Nuggets. Okay, so basically what you're telling me is that the plan was that you wanted to win against Phoenix to secure yourself going at least, at worst, 1-1 one one over the final two games. If you're going to rest over the Denver Nuggets. Okay, you didn't win against Phoenix, so now you're looking at it going, okay, we'll probably be able to handle the Nuggets um, because, for one, that's a preferred playoff matchup that everybody wants, and then we'll end the season going one and one How's the sky fucking falling if you're finishing the season with the same regular record?
0: Well, it's not. But let me ask you, I have, a, I, I have a couple comments to everything you just said. But the first I would, is...
1: I hope you do. It's a podcast. I don't just talk to myself.
0: That's true. <laughs> um, you do that the other 23 hours a day. What is the logic that people have? What was the logic behind if the Blazers beat the Suns that they could just punt... The Denver game. What's the explain that to me, because I have a strong
1: opinion about that, because that's the last game of the season and it's magical. And we've seen them do this before where they've punted the last game of the season. And Anthony Simons came out and played 48 minutes and lit the world on fire. So why would that not happen again? That
0: that okay. that doesn't make any sense. Is there do you have a different like I'm not saying that you're the one arguing for this, but like, is there a different not that I've heard? Okay, well, that doesn't make any sense. Here's what I will say, though. There is a certain Blazers media personality who will remain nameless, because I do not want to give them any more coverage, who suggested that because the Clippers may be such a poor matchup for the Blazers, it'd be better if they just went to the play-in. I mean, come on. What the fuck are you talking about, bro? I'm I'm friendly with him. Call out Chad. It's Chad. I am not. I we're bleeping that out because I'm not even trying to get on anyone's side who has a platform. I'm just saying that that is an awful. Awful idea. Let's take a look at who may be in those, you know, those eight, nine, ten spots. You have the Warriors who are playing like gangbusters, and Seth Curry is like a legit MVP candidate. He can go, he can go nuclear at any time. You have the Spurs who are coached by one of the greatest coaches in the history of the basketball game, the history of the basketball game, in the history of basketball, and Greg Popovich. <laughs> and then you have the Memphis Grizzlies who are also playing really, really well. This and is do a, not like you right now. This is a be- <laughs> terrible idea. If it, like there are people who are on my timeline saying no actually that's great because the thing is if then you lose then you get the 14th pick because if we don't get to the lottery then we owe our pick in the Covington trade. That 14th pick doesn't do any good when you're trying to maximize games prime. It doesn't have any trade value. Oh. This is an awful 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 idea. The only thing the Blazers need to be concerned about right now is winning <laughs> as many games as they possibly can. They have one game left. They should try to win that game and I would argue that whether they beat in the Suns or not. Now we could talk about Matt Match-ups. Like, yeah, okay. First of all, do you have anything it's, to it's, say about that rant? It's, I'm just, it, I, I'm so no. pissed about that. It's the dumbest well,
1: thing we, ever. we'll get to the matchups. That's 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 a little later down in the uh, in the notes. But but in that rant, it's trying to justify the getting into the playing tournament. It doesn't matter what your possible matchup is. It doesn't matter if for some reason you want to draw the Phoenix Suns because I mean, again, we just saw that game last night. It was basically a playoff game, and they're missing DeAndre Ayton. So, and you think that's your best shot uh, just because it's not a team named the Clippers? That's idiotic. Two, five days rest, five days planning, five days of practicing. You get the opportunity to get a break and collect your thoughts and go into a playoff matchup, regardless of who the fuck it is against, prepared as opposed to having to play a team in a playing tournament. If you win, then you sure you get a little bit of rest. If you don't, you have to suddenly turn around and prepare for another team, which would probably be the Lakers or the Warriors. Or, well, no, sorry, uh, uh, the Grizzlies or the Warriors. It's that's that. That is not. Oh yeah, giving I didn't your even co- the Lakers. Yeah, yeah. That is well. I mean, in the event that the Blazers end up in the play-in, the Lakers are most likely the sixth oh, right. So that's the most mathematical thing. So you're either going against the Grizzlies but, but they, who hate they you, may or face the Warriors. Up them in the in the playoffs when they actually got there. That's, exactly, that's and so that's just an idiotic stance of it's I a want, terrible idea uh, of that. I want my team to go or to go into the play-in so that they can make their way into the playoffs rested or unrested. Uh, not as healthy as they could be and unprepared. Sure. Sounds like a
0: plan for success. I think you put that really well. It's it's wild. And I here's the last thing I'll say about it. We've we've taken enough time to talk about this. I've gotten mad enough about it. <laughs> there are times when people in, you know, whatever media field you're in, sometimes I do it. Will just say things, not because they believe them, but just to rile people up. Stir the up. pot. Now, the difference, I think, and I'm not trying to, like, say that I'm so holy or whatever, because I'm not. When I do stuff like that, it's it's pretty obvious that I'm being sarcastic or dumb. Like, it's pretty. Mm. This person... Pass this off as a like. Ooh, I don't think you're gonna like this, but here's what I actually think. You don't actually think that because it doesn't make any sense. Anyway, that that's it. I, I, I'm glad I, that we got. So to get on this I side.
1: I will say I like this person, but if you want me, and I, I am friendly with him. Fine. I, I have a good relationship with him, but if you want me to make a a comparison of some sort, Colin Cowherd got his career out of being right. hot take guy here in Portland. Yeah,
0: and I guess I, Just can't, gonna I say. can't knock I can't knock the hustle, right? Like at the end of the that's, day, that's can't what it knock is. That's so what it is. Good for them. Okay, let's move on. All right. Uh, so, what's... the Blazers got an amazing win against Utah the night
1: prior. Uh this Suns game, it was never going to be easy beating basically the top 2 teams in the league, uh let alone your own conference. Uh, on the road, it, back-to-back On the road, back-to-back situations, but the Blazers almost freaking did it. Should have done it. Does that mean anything to you?
0: Like, are you inspired, uninspired by their play? What? Yeah, I'm encouraged. I, so, as much as I was slightly—this is so funny—I was slightly discouraged by how they looked at Utah. I was slightly encouraged about how they looked against Phoenix. It was a—it was a more difficult team that had more of their best players. It was hmm. again on the road, second eye the back to back. The Blazers played better, and you also—and yes, a lot of it was Damian Lillard. An absolute force of will that on I think on Twitter I said something like it's both unprecedented and infectious. Yeah. Just his energy was unreal to see. That's actually really important because Damian Lillard having those kind of ticky tack injuries, right? We had seen him mm-hmm. not look his best. He looked his best. So yeah, I was uh I think it does matter. I think the fact that they almost won. Definitely matters. I'm definitely pissed about it. They definitely should have one. There's a lot of reasons why. There's one in particular I want to get to, but yeah, I was encouraged by it. It was good stuff.
1: So the number one re- thing that everybody chose to latch onto, and Stotts got plenty of questions about it in his post game, was his decision to challenge that foul call on Booker. Now I want you to I want you to pace yourself here because I'm going to ask you specifically about this Norman foul <laughs> Norman myself. Powell foul on Booker. But so we're going to take this in baby steps. Okay. But everybody wanted to complain about his decision to challenge that with 0.9 seconds left, unsuccessfully costing the Blazers a timeout. Was it the correct move for Stotts to call that challenge, in your mind?
0: I don't know. I think it could have gone either way. In the moment, my gut reaction was, oh, that was a foul, and you shouldn't have challenged it. But then they put a bunch more time back on the clock. But then again, I think what it really comes down to, and I think that Stotts was asked this in the postgame about— were you did you have any confidence that they would have put time on the clock without the challenge stotts's response was essentially I don't think that they would have. If yeah. we had had more time, I wouldn't have used the challenge. I, so- I can't remember I can't remember what NBA
1: scribe put it out there, if it was Bobby Marks or, or somebody, but it was one of the national guys who's super in tune with the rules. Um, they would not have been able to go back and look at the clock if Stotts had taken a normal timeout to add any time back. So if he would have let them just shoot the free throws, it would have been ball side out .9. And you would have had to hope for a miracle, a la the Damian Lillard Houston series.
0: Which I so here's the thing though, like I so ultimately I, I can't judge it either way. I, I think it's that's a tough situation to be in. You also, it, it I don't know how quickly the coach needs to request the challenge, but I doubt that the Blazers staff had enough time to look at a replay and then get that back down to the bench and say, oh, we think it is or isn't a foul. I think that that was a snap judgment call mm-hmm. because in real three, time... Three
1: three players made the motion to Stotts. Nurk, Dame, yeah. and I want to say Roko all immediately turned to the bench and made the circle motion of not a foul, not a foul. Now, if he, he's, he said before that he trusts his players until they prove him wrong. I would say the one damning fact of this is that Norman Powell himself did not turn around and do the circle motion.
0: That's right. And I think that, so I think it's a tough call. I I do think that if the Blazers had had it side out with .9, it sounds a little familiar, right? Like we've seen the Blazers do something side out with .9. So like, okay, fine. Like I'm not saying that it was, do not I, I don't I don't have an opinion about whether it was the right move or the wrong move I think it was a tough spot it's a snap judgment thing particularly if you don't have the benefit of replay because again in the moment it did not look like a foul I think your point is well taken about Norm Powell himself not motioning because he knew damn well his hand was in the cookie jar I'll leave that alone for now I don't know I transition right into okay. it it's the ne- it's the next so, bullet point and you got some complaints so here's the here I'm gonna do the hand gestures here's the thing. So. People have all sorts of complaints about the end of this game. People, you know, the um, the Dame shot, the CJ floater, uh, Roko missing two free throws. Okay, fine. I think it is unequivocally, unabashedly, that Norman Powell was putting his hand in Devin Booker's bread basket for the entirety of that play. And I know that when you look at it in slow motion, it seems longer than it is in real life. That is the absolute wrong thing to do for several different reasons. One, time and score. You're up one. You do not foul. You cannot foul. If they beat you with the shot over your outstretched hand, so be it. You cannot foul in that situation. Mm -hmm. The other piece of this is who are the two players on the Suns that may get a call like that at the end of the game? One of them is Chris Paul, The other is Devin Booker. You also have to know that, that they will be officiated somewhat differently from other players. So Ryan, my point is, and I could go on longer, but Norman Powell making the decision to put his hand all the way in there and keep it there (laughs) and then hit Devin Booker's arm as he shot It was a, it's one of those things where it's like if you miss a free throw, it's okay, fine. It's a make or miss league. You make one snap judgment that's wrong, like I'm okay with it. But that's the kind of thing where you sort of, before you begin playing defense, you have to know, I cannot do that. And he didn't, I, I, I challenge you on one part.
1: He didn't keep it there long enough. It's the fact that he yanked his hand and did the oops, it wasn't me walk before Booker even hit the ground. That I th- that I think that I think Drew helped draw attention to it. Now I do agree with you. Or, sorry, who did I say? Drew. You're still you got your head in the Pelican series thing yeah, about your holiday uh, Yeah, fine. yeah. Sorry, but uh, but no, I I think the fact that like as soon as he saw him go up, he immediately yanked his hand back and was just like whoop and and did like the stiff as a board thing. I I think that screwed him over. Uh, the but I do agree with you that reaching in for a steal there was an absolutely Idiotic move. Do I think it was the idiotic move that cost the game? No. My yes. turning my turning <laughs> my turning point. My turning point for the game goes back to not Rocco missing the foul shots, but what got Rocco to the line? Why the fuck yeah. was Mello the inbounder? That is my big if you go back and every time Mello has been an inbounder. He doesn't let plays and cuts develop. He literally passes to the first guy he freaking sees. I, and if you're going to give me an option of who I want inbounding the ball versus who I want shooting free throws on a possible catch and immediate foul... I'm probably going to go with that I want Mello shooting free throws over Robert, Co- line. Um, over Robert Covington shooting free throws. I agree. So why was Robert Covington not being the one to inbound the ball? So I'm going to give that little bit of blame to Terry Stotts. But that is where I very much feel as though it turned. Because worst case scenario, you know, you can complain about Robert Covington missing both of them. But if he hits one... It probably it probably ends up going to overtime. We start all over again. Whatever. There is no reason that Mello, as being the better overall free throw shooter than Robert Covington, was the one inbounding that ball. That's where and and you can see it. I, that play just started to develop. Dame Dame shadowed to the to the back court a little bit. Cj, CJ kind of held back. And Robert Covington showed strong. Nobody had yet cut. They had made their initial moves, and Mello was just like, ah, guy,
0: ball. Yeah, I I think that's fair. I think that that that's a good point. Covington should have been inbounding the ball. I would much rather have Mello shooting the free throw there. Let's pick on one more thing about this game. I don't know if it's in the notes or not, but um, Blaze wasn't there. Nice. Well, he wasn't there I know what a jerk you had the stupid Phoenix Suns gorilla that doesn't even make sense a gorilla for the suns are there gorillas on the sun like that doesn't make well, sense
1: what are you supposed to do have just a, a giant walking sun I think Capri yes. Sun I think Capri yeah. Sun would
0: probably send him a memo then well, or maybe the Sun, you know, a big ball of incandescent gas is going to send a cease and desist to the Phoenix Suns organization. So what do you think about your talk about Terry Stotts? I think you're right. Stotts deserves criticism for not having Rocco inbounding the ball. Oh, God, what, there's you, the there's the SEO right there. <laughs> that's that's yeah, the clip. Th- th- whatever. Okay, <laughs> what do you think about Stotts's decision on the final defensive possession they had? Damon, CJ in there. Stotts has a long history of leaving his best players in on defensive possessions. I think there's another argument to be made about that. There was somebody else on the court, Ryan. Was there somebody who felt maybe a little bit out of place for a defensive possession for the Blazers?
1: I don't know. Do you, do you want me to hate on Melo more or Stotz more on this? Because I would say that Terry tends to trust his guys, and Melo just proven himself by getting Booker to commit a very rare double dribble call yeah. on the possession so, prior. So
0: that's fair. So what do what do I I have an opinion I, about this? that may shock I, you, but so what do you think about that? Melo the court, th- final defensive possession. Not one of the Blazers' best defensive players. I I
1: think he was really trying to save that timeout for if they had had gotten a stop and i don't know and wanted mellow in the game as a as a shooter i don't know i found myself shaking my head at the time about that decision but i wasn't completely upset by it
0: i think that so my understanding is that it was a dead ball And the Blazers could have subbed him out without using a timeout. I think that's correct. Uh, You could be right. Yeah, Uh, I I don't
1: have all 472 pages of the NBA rulebook memorized, but yes, I think you're right.
0: So, okay. Um, And so here's my take on it, though. I actually agree with you that uh, Mello being out there, it was a weird choice, but I think the right one. Here's why. Like you said, Mellow had just forced Devin Booker into an odd double-dribble turnover. Mellow was able to very craftily kind of get his body in his hand to bother Devin Booker enough to um, bobble the ball in such a way where he maintained mm-hmm. possession it was a turnover. I think what Stotts was thinking was, well, damn. If that's how they're going to officiate Melo, if they're going to give Melo like the super Hall of Fame veteran respect, then I want him on this defensive possession because they're less likely to call a foul against him. And because Melo, you know, for all of his oh, yeah. faults defensively, there's four seconds left. A lot of that, it's not going to be like about individual defense, it's about positioning. And I do think that Mello, even if he can't move his body as quickly anymore, understands positioning and in a way that other players don't. So I'm actually, after I thought about it, I was actually okay with it. So I don't know. I think Stotts deserves some criticism, but maybe not for that one. So
1: we're looking after the Blazers, you know, took destiny out of their own hands last night. We're, we're looking at the NBA slate tonight. We're doing nothing but scoreboard watching, uh, uh,
0: Clippers it's so stressful. Game, I mean, the, the, it's already out of our control. But then when it's like other teams playing other teams, it feels like extra out of your control. Well, you yeah, don't. especially seeing as that
1: Wesley Matthews is apparently on a "fuck you" Blazers tour by saving the Lakers over their last two games. Uh, wow, that
0: tipping he had—he didn't even touch the ground. He just jumped up, got the ball, was fouled. They didn't call the foul, and he tipped yeah. it in. I, I, by the way, I—I I don't know. I love seeing Wesley Matthews succeed. It, it, on Honestly, Honestly, like, he deserves it more than, like, you know, NBA players are blah, 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 blah. I yeah. just, I like Wesley Matthews. I don't care if he plays the Lakers, like, sue me. Like, I think he's great. So, I, he used to be one of my favorite Blazers. I didn't necessarily care. I understood it when he went to the
1: Mavs. But, uh, my wife has long maintained that if she were to leave me for any celebrity, it is Paul Rudd number one <laughs> and Wesley Matthews number two. She finds both those people to be the sexiest human beings on the planet, which, wow, that is quite the spectrum. But, uh, so the fact that my wife She's would She's also me not for, wrong. Like, uh, well, the fact that my wife would now technically voluntarily leave me for a Lakers player,
0: that just cuts my soul even farther. So, yeah, but you know, like if I'm Wes Matthews, like, you know what? Second round pick, you know, blows his Achilles right. before No he gets, undrafted. Undrafted, undrafted, remember? Sorry, undrafted. You're right. Undrafted blows his Achilles. His, okay, fine. His career earnings are saved by Mark Cuban. Like whatever. Um, at this point in his career, he can play for whoever he wants. It's fine. He wants to get a title. Good for him. Get it. Like, I'm I'm cool with it. All right.
1: So, anyways, the Clippers are playing tonight. It came out a little bit ago that uh, they are resting absolutely everybody of consequence with a name on their roster. They're playing Houston. Uh, Houston, as we've seen, I mean, the Blazers just played them earlier in the week uh it got a little dicey got a little interesting in that game uh they almost uh ended up beating the lakers i think that was in that wesley matthews game that we were just talking about um so they're a scrappy bunch and so denver could still possibly be motivated to win on sunday if they want to be in the three seed do you think denver has any desire to be in the three seed or are they match up hunting
0: themselves So here, here's the thing. When you look at where the standings are, um, there is so much, even with only a couple of games left, there's so much room for so many teams to move that you then get even more permutations of matchups than yeah. you do numbers of teams, so like like you just said, the clippers are a game up on the nuggets, but if the clippers lose tonight they 're resting people, and the nuggets win then they 're tied, and then you 're right, then maybe the nuggets have motivation, then you have at five, six, and seven, you have like a morass there, then you have a morass at eight nine and not at ten, but at, between eight and nine. so my mm-hmm. point is <clears throat> right now i don 't think I know that no team can really of those teams can yeah. really pick their opponent, there are too many variables, right? So it's like, it, it makes sense to me that either you're going to prioritize rest, which the Clippers are doing, and just say, look, we're going to rest, we need to, especially Kawhi Leonard having that history of you know quadriceps tendinopathy, we're going to rest him and prioritize rest, or you say... We are going to go as hard as we can, get the highest seed possible for the home court advantage in future rounds, plus also maybe fine-tuning your team and getting them mentally prepared for the playoffs. But Mm. I I don't think at this point, there is no way that these teams can try to pick their opponent, whether you're in the top half of the conference or the bottom half of the conference. So there's just, there are too many variables as of right now.
1: Well, especially for the one and two, because they have no clue how the freaking plans are going to. Are gonna pan out. That's you right. know, you can assume that. Yeah, sure. It'll probably be Warriors, probably be Lakers coming out if there are other teams in there. Um, but at the same point in time, it's it's like, all right, the Clippers are resting absolutely everybody tonight. Or is that their official sign that they're packing it in for the rest of the season? Or are they gonna rest because they got two games left? Denver has two games left. So if the Clippers go zero and two and Denver goes one and one. Uh, if they win their game tonight, which oh, I can't remember who the heck they're playing, oh, a little back button, go on the fly here. Uh, if they win their game tonight against Detroit, okay, that's not gonna, ha- or that'll probably happen. That will definitely happen. <laughs> the worst team in the East, so you know they win their game tonight, and you know Clippers, who do, uh, Clippers finish off. Do, 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 well, as you're where,
0: looking, it, it's, uh, I, the, it's, the, it's what, what is the tiebreaker between the Nuggets and the Clippers? I do not know the answer to that. I, I don't know either,
1: but I think I remember seeing, because uh, Matt Moore, Hardwood Proxium, uh, put out all of the freaking playoff scenarios, and I think it was like two and a half pages deep for just the Blazers, but I want to say that Denver owns the tiebreaker over the Clippers, so, but basically it boils down to, if the Clippers go 0-2 and Denver goes 1-1, and Denver's the three seed, as far as I know. Perfectly willing to be wrong on that, but that's, that's my understanding of it, so it's how motivated is, are the Nuggets in Their game against the Blazers, you know, are the Nuggets secret. Here's the other thing. Now that the Blazers lost, you know, everybody in Portland is saying, like, oh no, the mat we want to avoid the Clippers. The matchup that we want is the Blazers. How do we know that the Nuggets don't want the Blazers too? So if they think that, okay, if if Portland wins, we're looking at the rest of this schedule. If we can move up to three, then we'll get them in that 3-6 matchup. You know, there's just all these permutations going too. And then on the flip side, you want to look at that. Frank Vogel, uh, he just came out today and said that he's unsure if he'll see his full team together before the playoffs play-in even starts. Right. He won't if he he's not going to get his full complement of guys back over the last you know the last two games for the Lakers. So are
0: the Lakers packing it in and just now preparing for
1: the play-in? What the hell's
0: going on there? I think so. I'll say the Lakers are legitimately injured. Right? If there's something's going going on with AD. And we know that LeBron is suffering from this high ankle sprain, and, mm-hmm. and so they're, they're they're actually hurting. I think as of tonight, as we're recording on Friday, May 14, we will know more after this slate of games tonight. Um, we'll know even more after Saturday, right? And then obviously, I, you keep saying Saturday. It's Sunday. You even got called no, out on Twitter for that. The games are today's. Hold on. Today is Friday. Tomorrow is Saturday. We'll know more after Saturday. And then, of course, Sunday is the last day that we have games. And that's you're right. The Blazers play on Sunday. I did get that wrong on Twitter. Good call. Um, But my point is, as of today, people cannot pick their opponents. There are too many variables. Mm. As of today, my thought is your decision-making has to be you're prioritizing rest, you're prioritizing getting ready. The other way to look at this is that maybe, well... Teams obviously have pretty large um, staffs, right? There's Mm -hmm. somebody who, like Matt Moore, is going through and kind of telling the GM and the coach, okay, here are the possible matchups. If this happens, then we can do this. So maybe there are like chunks of this chunk of possible opponents is more ideal than this chunk of possible opponents. Maybe that could be informing their thinking. All of this is just to say, though, if it's me and I'm Portland, there is, I mean, not to go back to what we already talked about, but I'm just saying like, you're trying to win, period. So yeah. I, I do wish there was more we could say, though, about the possible matchups. This well, is too well, complicated right now.
1: The, the, there's the other fun wrinkle, too, of, you know, it's not been talk, talked about, but in, in a normal non-COVID, non-protocol, non-limited capacity, limited staff kind of season, teams over the last two weeks would have sent out some of their, you know, uh, scout coaches, video coordinators, you know, all, all those kind of guys to go and, and watch teams that they're most likely to match up with are those guys out are they are they going and seeing these games or is everybody just sitting in their office and and watching you know videotape that they're not going to get the same kind of videotape there i mean they're getting what we see on tv versus you know what they would get seeing things live in an arena so how much is that affecting prep you know how much is that affecting what you want to do as far as
0: people that are match up hunting you know how's how's that going to play out in the long run then too yeah, that's a good point. And I think the answer is that we don't know. I mean, this has been an odd season for so many reasons. That's one of them. Yeah. Um, and yeah, here's another, just, just a thought that came into my head. I wonder how the crowds will help or not help. It's something that I asked Nate Duncan and Danny LaRue. They did a locker room chat for the Dunked On podcast a while ago when Dane made the comment about, not having fans in the arena. Of course, mm-hmm. since then, the Oregon governor has allowed the Blazers to to bring in, I think, about 2,000 fans into the Moda Center. Yep, 10%. I would, yeah, 10%. I would suspect that the that guidance may change and they, the Blazers may, may be able to bring more folks. And I'm not a public health expert, but I will say that over the past couple of days, seeing that CDC guidance saying, if you are vaccinated, then you can... You you no no longer need to wear a mask in most situations and no longer need to physically distance from people. That's really important. And also that in Oregon specifically, that if Oregon gets to 70% vaccination rate for the state on a whole, Mm -hmm. on the whole, that most of the COVID restrictions will be dropped. So we're seeing a very quick Turn towards, okay, we're loosening up restrictions. It's happening, honestly, a little bit faster than I thought it would, and it's it's really exciting on the one hand and sort of um, almost surreal on the other hand. All of this babbling is to say, there are some states that have a lot more fans than 2,000 in there right now, and I just wonder how much of a home court advantage it may be if the Blazers play a team that has many, many more fans in the arena than another team, because I think that isn't Los Angeles was the last the last team to allow fans at the Staples Center, right? Which is why they delayed the ring ceremony for the well, Lakers yeah, outside so- of the
1: Blazers, yeah.
0: Uh, I think they waited even longer than the Blazers did. I think the Lakers Ooh. were the very last, which would make sense because they're a giant metropolitan area. No. Like I, I get it. Um,
1: Technically, you could say Oklahoma City, but even though they had the OK, they oh, decided right. not. They decided not to. They are not. They
0: yeah. still don't have they were anyone. So focused but, on the tank, they're like, we don't want to let anybody in here. <laughs> the yeah, team. they're like, nobody wants to see this shit. We don't. Well, you know, next year we got this. It's fine. That was actually really <laughs> funny and sad. But um, well, let me. I'll, I'll sharpen my thought. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that it matters if a Blazers opponent has many more fans in their arena than the Blazers? If the Blazers only have 2,000, but their opponent has 10,000, do you think that that matters? Is that fair? Do you think that's complete Uh, bullshit? If it
1: mattered, then the Orlando Magic would have the same record as the Miami Heat. Because Florida has been the uh, fuck it state for most of this. So, and, and, you know, they, they've opened up fully and I think they have the same amount of attendance, but no, I, I, fairness or not, um, you know, seeing that Lakers game where the Blazers welcomed in fans, seeing the Blazers Blair, that players reaction, there you go. Damn COVID or not COVID,
0: COVID Don't. vaccine. Don't, uh, but don't uh, blame it on the vaccine. Don't do not blame your fumbles and stumbles on the vaccine. Although that is funny, it's kind of like I get, that. I get one day to do it. You let me have this, you asshole. Did you ever watch Curvy Enthusiasm? I hate to do this. Never seen a single episode. There's this one episode where his mom dies. He's and then he uses the, oh my mother died. I can't make it to the like he he literally it's like a get out of jail free for Larry to like not do anything with any of his
1: friends. Is it uh, is it is it wrong that when my mom passed, I uh, I maybe use that excuse for? longer than i should have for certain no look i mean
0: in all seriousness people (laughs) grieve in different ways and there's nothing wrong with doing that but just to say that you can only like i think you said it you can only use the vaccine as an excuse today and then you're done so okay fine fine fine. and my wife
1: didn't my wife when she woke up and she saw me she's like yeah you're such a crybaby," and i'm like but i'm cold
0: (laughs) no hey i mean it really it's it, 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 it it hits people differently and again like i I was prepared, but it definitely, that was the sickest I've felt um, in a long time. And, yeah. uh, you know. But but to bring it back to it,
1: no, I don't think that the number of fans, but the point I was trying to make is that just the energy of any fans in there, outside of it being, you know, family that had previously kind of been allowed or whatnot, any fans in there, any environment like that, I think provides a boost and provides help. I mean, is there a difference between 1900 people in a in a 19,000 seat stadium versus 19,000? Yeah. Are you still able as a professional athlete to draw off the reaction of the crowd and and have that possibly help swing momentum, motivate you, give you a kick in the ass? I I think as long as, you know, for lack of a better term, I mean, like, if a player can turn to somebody and, like, you know, hit a big shot, turn to a fan in the stand and do, like, a, hey, you up there, and they point back and they're like, yeah. That's, that, just that is some is enough from what we've heard of professional athletes kind of be like, fuck yeah, let's go. So those cardboard cutouts aren't really pointing back at you. Although. No, you, that you, really creepy one that's staring at Brooke from the car is really starting to weird me out. <laughs> <laughs> or they got the they got the Michael Holton cutout sitting in the car,
0: and he's just glaring at her from a distance. That's you know that's that's what you do if you're a cardboard cutout. I will say this: you brought up an interesting point. With fewer fans in the arena, I would love to see a maybe we can we can rally blazers twitter to do this we have enough people who have tickets if you can coordinate enough people you can really get the chance to make it to the court because you have less of the extraneous people just screaming right so it's easier to coordinate let's say 20 30 40 people and really make that chant known Mm -hmm. than in normal time so maybe maybe that's the thing there maybe we just need to get people to yeah that would be awesome, but I am also 3,000%
1: on the uh, Dave Deckard train on his latest uh, Dave and Dia edition of the Blazers Edge podcast. Uh, he really wants to see 1,900 people do a wave, and I I want to see that done as
0: well. That'd be less of a wave and more of a burbling whitewater at the end of the wave.
1: Like perfectly I, fine. Just give it a solid A-plus effort. Let's see if we can do it. Maybe two spins as a try around the arena. Just just get it done. Come um, on. All right. So with all these playing scenarios, possible matchups, is there anybody that you actually want to see what the Blazers play against and why as you nod your head like a kid on Christmas? <laughs>
0: uh, two words. Nuggets? Injuries, so the, the the Nuggets have been doing really really well without Jamal Murray, right? But mm-hmm. Jamal Murray is their second best player. That really really limits your ceiling as a team, particularly in the playoffs when your rotations get so short. Yeah. Um, on top of that, I also have a hard time seeing how the Blazers would get away. With if they were to play the Clippers with defending Paul George and Kawhi, without sprinkling in just a little dash of Derek Jones Jr., who has not been playing, I just uh, he got the, he, he got some quality minutes the other night. Okay, he hasn't been playing a lot, right? And so like the Blazers' preferred lineups, as evidenced by they are the ones being used. Mm-hmm. Those ones work better against a Nuggets team than against the clippers team so for me it's the nuggets by a country mile not because they're not a great team but because they're missing their second best player and that's going to catch up to you at some point
1: see for me it kind of leads into the next question i was going to ask but i guess you could just kind of answer that of do you care who they play in the first round and for me it's no uh, if i'm going to care about anything more it's going to be what side of the bracket are you on and that's kind of the devastating thing for me last night with the Suns' loss is that you, if you would have worked your way up to fifth, you could have orchestrated your your yourself to maybe an easier ish side of the bracket where, like, if the Clippers were gonna win out and you went on a run and went on a tear in the playoffs, that you wouldn't have seen them until if you had made it to the Western Conference Finals. Um, a lot of people somehow are still just automatically penciling the Lakers in, and they think that oh, in order to make it to the Western Conference Finals, now you got to go through the Clippers and then face the Lakers in the second round. I'm still, I haven't seen the league memo, but apparently the Lakers automatically get a first-round bye, just (laughs) apparently how it works. Twitter has said it's true, so obviously it's true. Uh, But no, for me, I, I don't care, because if you want to win, you have to play good teams. And as it stands right now, the Blazers have one win against teams ahead of them in the standings, and that was their Utah Jazz win. The game yesterday
0: counted as, like, three-quarters of a win, though. Like, come on. Oh, we're going moral victories this late in the year? Oh, yeah, 100%. (laughs) I mean, because, I mean, it's the argument about, like, is it all about wins or losses, or is it about the process of getting to that win or loss? Um, And, again, I was encouraged by what I saw last night. Um, That's fair, but I will add this, though. The way that you're thinking about sides of brackets sounds a lot like a team that's looking to contend. I can't get myself to the point where the Blazers to me, I can't say they look like a legitimate title contender. And I can't even bring myself to say the Blazers look like a threat to win the Western Conference. Wow, I, this coming from a guy who just recently started politely, taking a little sip politely. of the quiet sip. But I didn't say I was guzzling. You're the one who wants to take the jug and turn it over my head. I'm saying a polite sip. The polite sip means that I have hope where I did not have hope before. And to me, they they don't even look like a team that I think is likely to make the Western Conference Finals. Where this team, to my eye, looks right now, is a legitimate second-round team, which that's nothing to shake a stick at. And also, if you get to that point and you play a little bit better, a break or two goes your way, then you can find yourself further than that. So yeah. to me, I'm not worried about sides of brackets. I am more worried about getting to the second round and finding some stride, and that that's just where my mind is. The, the, but-
1: the, big, the biggest indicators for me, and I will hammer this point home until the end of time, is that if you want to... Matchup hunt or whatever. Again, everybody wanted the Pelicans back, back, and then we got swept,
0: and nobody wanted Oklahoma City. Right. Well, and, I, and to be fair, to be fair, I'm not saying that they should be matchup hunting. But if you're asking me if I have a preference, I definitely do. And to your point, it, history has a funny way of working things out. I like this is not based in sound basketball analysis. But there's part of me that kind of wants to see the Clippers because Paul George is on the Clippers. And I just, hey, I just still have that memory of the OKC series and just like how Paul George seems to find no moment in which he cannot shrink in the playoffs. That's why I call him Playoff Little P. He (laughs) named himself Playoff P. I call him Playoff Little P. uh, Which is like, you know, A, one of why you do not give yourself a nickname. It's never going to end well. Don't do it. No. Nope. But they have Rondo and that scares the crap out of me. Yeah, but I I don't know. Anyway, so you asked and answered. Do you have a preference? It sounds like you don't. So, and uh, like like really like so okay, like if you could literally just like pick, you wouldn't have a preference at all. Uh my preference is no plan
1: because I want okay. I want the days okay. off. That that's my preference. Other than that, line anybody up and we'll see where the cards fall because as you said, anything can happen. We can have somebody somebody else can break their hand on on Robert Covington's ass this year. And it could swing the series, so you don't know. Um, moving on. I, I have been drill I have been drilling home this Twitter question for the better part of a week, and I'm kind of disappointed I didn't get more responses. But we need to give I, away
0: a top shot moment or something to something. Bribe we got we that. gotta bribe the public. But we really do. One of the reasons it's called, it's called I would, good advertising. People pay ad dollars, same thing. Yeah. One of the reasons I was happy
1: hap- Happy air quotes around uh, these the loss last night is because I got some clothes I got to wash and I was finally able to shave because the last time that I had like trimmed up my neck hair and I was getting to that itchy point again. Last time I did that was uh, right right after the Atlanta Hawks game and then they went on a little winning streak and I tend to be slightly superstitious in my I'm full fully on board with like playoff beard kind of thing. I am the kind of guy where if If the blazers are playing a back to back, I will put on the same trailblazer shorts. I will put on the same you know hoodie that I was wearing if they won the night before and I will carry that outfit over now I will caveat this we 're not talking the same boxers, so that's <laughs> i 'm <I'm> not that <laughs> depraved, but I will put on the same outfit until that outfit loses and then as soon as that outfit loses, it goes into the wash, and that loss is washed off of it and I'll rotate in a new outfit and it stays until the next loss. Do you have any superstitions that you do yourself or like superstitions, game day routines, those kind of things? Because these things fascinate
0: me. I don't. The the closest that I'm a horrible fan. That's (laughs) true for many reasons. The one thing for me that does come closest to that is that I if I have not if I'm not able to catch part of a game and something's happening with it, if the Blazers are winning really big and I haven't seen it and then I start watching and they start losing, I will get that weird feeling of like, is this because I started watching, right? Like Mm -hmm. it never gets the point where it informs my behavior or gets me to stop watching the game. But I admit it is something I do think about as irrational as it may seem. I'm like, am I, am I the reason why they're losing right now? It's, and it's never the other way. It's never like they're losing. and I start watching, they start winning. I I never give myself credit for that. Yeah. I just always blame myself if they start losing and they had been winning before I started watching. So that's about <laughs> the closest I can get to it. That, uh, that kind of then ties
1: in. So, uh,
0: a triple dog at
1: Eric J also on Twitter. He had said that he'll turn the game on when he can. And then if they have like three bad possessions, I assume it's my fault. So I turn it off until I see on ESPN, they're doing okay again. And then I'll turn <laughs> it back on. So that kind of ties in with his, uh, one of the other ones that I liked, uh, from my buddy, uh, Andy Belvin, uh, at bad underscore Belvin. He says he hasn't bathed since we've drafted Dame. That's nasty. Which, uh, I feel sorry for, uh, your wife, Sarah. Uh, I'm in a... Yeah, I'm going to reach out to her and uh, try to help her deal with
0: that. (laughs) I feel sorry for everybody in his social circle. Um, I'm assuming that he's uh, being facetious, you would hope. uh, He's in my social circle. Uh, I haven't noticed, so maybe he just naturally smells pretty. (laughs) <laughs> That'd be a great superpower. You just literally don't. Actually, I take it back. I like showering. Showering's fun for me. Um, I get to stretch, get to hang I'm like Kramer in the shower. I got like the. I got, lettuce, a, I got a beer koozie TV. for Christmas. Yeah. yeah, I got a beer koozie
1: for Christmas. It's both it's both a koozie and a, a uh, Velcro thing to hold the beer for
0: the shower beer, which I am a nice. firm believer in the shower beer. I, uh, I also, th- maybe I'm a horrible person and I'm like not at all eco conscious, but like shaving in the shower is the best. Like you get, you know, you stay in there for a second, get your hair done, wash your body at that point you and i don't have a a beard much to speak of at all right but like um for what i do have to shave once you've been in there for a few minutes, it just, like, there's no dragging at all. It just goes, whoo! Like, it just completely I, painless. It's great. I, I do that immediately after the shower, but also at the same
1: point in time, I can't do that. I don't have a mirror in my shower. And Gotta as get a the guy, mirror. As a guy with a beard, I kind of need to know where the neckline is. I tried that once, and I came out looking like I, had, I was
0: Edward Scissor-handed. It you, just... It, the it mirror in wrong. the shower is a game-changer. So I have one that has, like, the little um, thingy that you can hang the, the razor on, right? Right? And yeah. so, uh, yeah, huge, huge stuff there. Always the best shower analysis here on We Like the Blazers. That's what we're going to bring you every time we, we jump on. Exactly,
1: exactly. We we give you our bathing habits, so there you go. And uh, and then also with my uh, game day wear, my underwear habits. So. Oh, my so, God. And the, the last one that we got was from Cassie Gamet, who we all know from uh, the We Have a Take podcast at Cassie Gamet. She says, always wearing Blazers gear by game time. And I think that she knew that Tara slash team mom wouldn't end up chiming in on this on time and she says, and hoping that Terabone Biggs Ate at Killer Burger before the game, so I'm assuming that is that is their superstitions and and whatnot. But I I just it always fascinates me about that stuff. One other little thing, and this is it just popped into my head. It's not related to the game day superstitions or whatnot. Um, I'm a big proponent of listening to 1080 The Fan. I listen to most of their lineups uh, normally the day after the fact. I listen to them on podcast at work. And uh, I got a bone to pick with uh, Andy Dirt Johnson of uh, the Dirt and Spread Show. He was complaining about the Houston game because after that that 50-point first quarter, um, he was like, great, you know, I'm not going to have to watch the whole game. I can go to bed early. I don't – but he is also a diehard Blazer fan. I don't get that. How can you sit down – you don't have to watch every game. But how can you sit down to watch a game and be like, Oh, okay, they're probably gonna win this and turn it off <laughs> I
0: don't know uh that... I,
1: I i the most I will do is maybe I will start like folding laundry in the background or maybe doing dishes, but I'm still looking at the screen and watching the game
0: yeah i I like watching the whole game even when it's the outcome is clear. I still like seeing it if I'm able to catch the entire thing and particularly if it's a win like i yeah. just I like feeling that residual oh yeah, like. I, I, the more time you can spend in front of the screen when the Blazers are leading, I think the better. It kind of recharges your disappointment-o-meter for when you're inevitably <laughs> disappointed again. It helps you bounce back from that quicker if yeah. you're able to soak in all those good vibes. So, yeah, I, I, I'm with yeah. you. I don't like And And my one complaint about it is that he's like, I think I called him out on Twitter, and he's like,
1: man, I got to work early. He's I'm like, okay, well, your, radio sh- your radio show's at 6 a.m. You got to be into the station by at least 5.30. And I know that because I'm buddies with spread so I
0: know what time they get in there. Shout I work out to can- Oregon State University alum, Brandon Sprigg. Two oh, Brandons, well. two Brandons from Oregon State. I think we graduated close to the same year. Anyway, everyone loves to hear that.
1: Yeah, yeah. As a Ducks fan, I... I love it. Yeah, it's great. Good job. Good job. Good job, you guys. But uh, but no, and it's, I'm like, dude, I work in construction normally. I mean, on normal job sites, I'm going from Vancouver to Hillsborough and I got to be there at 6 a.m. And I'm sticking around to the end of the game. You can
0: stick around when you got a five minute freaking commute in Portland. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I also, I mean, part of their job, right, is to stay up on the game so i i would say that that's another reason why you might want to stick with it just in case something weird happens i will say this though that like different the same way that different people react to the vaccine differently different people react to not having sleep differently like there are some folks who can get by with five hours of sleep and be okay yeah you're that's, raising that's I, me
1: i i will raise my hand on that i am i am regularly asleep by 11 and up by four
0: yeah I, and i can't do that um <laughs> I would, prefer, I, I, I think I am chronically a little sleep deprived and that's even when I'm getting right around eight hours of sleep. I think that m- for me, I should be getting like nine. Um. So, but you know, anyway, everybody's different. So all I'll, I, I will, in his defense say, may just be one of the people that needs more sleep because it definitely, it seems to be a thing. Yeah. All right, Brandon. Well, well, we'll we'll wrap this up there. You and I, uh, we, we've chatted
1: about it. We still haven't done it, but I think we are. Oh, I did. I did we, one without oh, you, and oh, then well, I posted it. This, <laughs> this is true. I listened to it. It was good. It was all uh, right. Yeah. I also think that I did one after the Lakers game that I didn't tag our show in which is probably for the better because i was 19 sheets to the win that game so i have zero clue i have zero (laughs) clue how it went i just woke up the next day and saw 19 speaker request notifications on my phone and i was like oh fuck what what did i say (laughs) (laughs) but uh i think we are gonna do a a
0: post-game locker room after uh, the nuggets game sounds like we are 1st time hearing about it but i'm all in what time is the game is at
1: six great yeah. That's and, funny. and at the same point in time, uh, the Lakers game tips at six and the Mavericks game tips at six. So there will be no, no jockeying, no scoreboard
0: watching, no nothing. Everybody's going to know what's going on as the rest of us do. Yeah, that's huge. Um, and then as for tonight, if you're listening to this on Friday, um, I am going to send all my positive vibes to Gary Trent Jr. I hope he goes for 70 because the Raptors are sitting a ton of people as they're playing the Mavericks. If I, I don't expect the Raptors to beat the Mavericks, but if they do, that would certainly help the Blazers quite a bit. Um,
1: yes. Channel so, your inner kings, Raptors.
0: Exactly. Shout out <laughs> to Gary Trent. Um, anything else for rebounds or is that pretty much it? I got nothing. Kick us out of here. Uh, you want to take a try at it this time, or are you good? God, no. Okay. If you want to find us, you can at I. No, 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 no. At. It... This is confusing. The name of the show is We Like the Blazers. You can find us at weliketheblazers.com, but on Twitter, it's simply like the Blazers. And if you, whatever podcatcher you're using, if it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever, if you want to give us a rating and review, we would appreciate it. Uh, And you can find me at Goldner PDX. Ryan, where can people harass you online? I am at the witty Ryan with two Ts. Right on. Do it. Uh, Appreciate you all. Thank you to Ryan. Thank you to listeners. Thank you to everybody who uh, gave us a question. We appreciate that. And that's it for now. Until next time, go Blazers. Go Blazers.